Welcome to the Fantasy XV Draft Podcast, episode 21, the podcast where we discuss Fantasy Super Rugby, the game they play online in heaven. Of course, that was not our normal introduction. That was William Wairua taking us in. Can I just uh, say, uh, well, we, you can tell our budget has gone up. Massively. Yeah, from the start of the year, we had no music. This is no ordinary week of rugby, hence the, uh, the new intro. Nelson, it's grand finals week. It is. I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, so you've got uh, myself, Harry, and hosting it, again. And Nelson. Can I just say that Australia is included in this grand final too? Are we? We've got Samu. <laughs> We've got Pete Samu. So Australia is there. Smart move by Czech. That's how he got us involved in finals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well done. Absolutely. Um, so get the plugs out of the way. Uh, you know that you can find us on fantasyxvdraft.com where we do casualty wards, round reviews, stock markets, and anything else about rugby or fantasy rugby. You can also find us on social media across Twitter mostly. Uh, also, Facebook group does some similar stuff, and you can also find Kargi just living it up on Instagram. And Grinder. And Grinder. We got hit up by the NRL on Grinder, but nah, we said no thanks. Yeah, they're prolific on there. <laughs> Uh, this week we're going to be looking at the two semi-finals games, the Crusaders Hurricanes and the Lions Tars, and then we're going to try and pick apart the grand final uh, to see if we can't try to make some predictions and see where the game might be won and lost. I think it'll be won in New Zealand by New Zealanders. Is that the end of the pod? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much it. So, Nels, before we get on to that, we've obviously got our grand final week this week for our fantasy draft. Myself and Kagi are duking it out for the number one spot, both in the grand final. I'm trying to back up my three titles in a row, trying to go for the hashtag Ryan Quaddy. Yep. Nelson, uh, you're also alive this week. What are you doing this week? Fighting out for another title, mate. Hey, <laughs> what's that? It's a big one. Yep. Yep. I think it's some form of spoon. Yeah, the wooden spoon, Nelson. So... Look, I've been cursed. You, you said it yourself. My team looked like I was going to get the job done this week, and I just got cursed. Yep. So, uh, in other words, look, there's going to be insights coming from both of us this week. Some you should listen to, some you shouldn't. I just want you to know ahead of time where the information's coming from. Yep. (laughs) Okay, well, we'll move on. Crusaders-Hurricanes this week was uh, the first game that kicked us off. The Crusaders, who finished first, of course, and the Hurricanes, who were ranked fourth, went up to uh, to take on the first semi-final. So the Crusaders got up 30-12 to 12 in this one, Nels. Yeah, not a, not a huge surprise, really. I think we... What, what did we sort of think that they'd run away by? Probably a little bit less than that. Yeah, I think we said like 17 points yeah, or something. Yeah, two, two scores, I think we were sort of thinking. Yeah. Um, 18 points isn't far off 17. But um, no, look, the, the Crusaders just showed they're, they're too good uh, toweling up the second best team in the comp. Yeah, so I'm just trying to work out what we said it was going to be by. <laughs> That's all right. I think I think we said sort of said around that 15 mark was my my sort of memory of it, a recollection of it. Um, out of new injuries, Taufua he uh, fractured his arm and he's going in for an op or he's had an op. Yeah, he's already. I think he's already had the op. fractured arm. Uh, must need a pin and plate. So obviously his season is done. Yeah, and McAleo was a late withdrawal with a calf strain. That's right. Um, <laughs> They said he's he's very very unlikely to play in the grand final, and then his replacement Siataga. Who? Yep. No. No. We don't know who he is either. Never heard of him. Uh, of course, Makaleo was actually the third choice over there for the Crusaders with the uh, the injury to the normal super sub Ben Funnel 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 having no Funnel this this week with his injury. Nice. Uh, so Siataga, their fourth choice also now. So they're at a bit of a crisis at the moment with their hookers. Yep. I think they might just play another outside back because they've got so many and just Why let not? Cody Taylor play the entire game. Yeah, I think that's probably not a terrible <laughs> idea. <laughs> also had Ryan Crotty get another concussion. Yeah, that's not going to be a good thing going forward. Part and parcel of his normal week and routine at the moment. He just wanted a bit of a break from the start of the week's training. I think he's played a few games, so... This is his way to, to take it a bit easy before the grand final. Look, you think they'd be giving him a chance to play, but when you've you've had a lot of concussions, uh, I would not be overly surprised. You know, if he if he if he's got I, any symptoms that they're going to withdraw. Yeah, I think just hold They'll off. Give on him your, every chance. Hold off on your first try scorer bets until you get clearance later in the <laughs> week, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
He's going to run chance. over the top of, of uh, Janchez if he's playing, surely. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and Michael Alatoa also tweaked his back, so he's also in doubt for the weekend. But I'd suggest to you that they're just going to dose him up on whatever painkiller or Valium or whatever they need <laughs> to make sure that he can get out there for a grand final. Another Aussie, mate. True, true. Maybe that's why they're cutting him. Yeah, only, only maybe he's not week. injured. <laughs> <Only one each laughs> yeah. uh, so this one went four tries to two, right? So Yeah, and, and the, the Crusaders were the only one to kick penalties. They kicked two penalties as well. Yep. Um, who, who scored the tries for the Crusaders? So Richie, I think, opened it up with the little show and go. Just looks awesome. He does like the big windmill show and go and then just darted yeah. at the line himself. Who did he run over the top of? I think he ran over the top of... Geordie Barrett and it one of the outside couple, backs, Gareth yeah. Evans or something, I think it was. He's not an outside back, but... <laughs> no, it's Geordie Barrett. Oh, this week he wasn't anyway. No. Either way, ignore the outside back thing. That yeah. was a great try to start the game off. Yeah. I think you meant outside back roll. Is that what you meant? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you got it. Yeah, cool. He's outside the backs on that play. Yeah. Um, George uh, joined Sevilla, then uh, got one back yep. for the Hurricanes, um, who actually played... Probably one his best game of the year, I would think, actually. Yeah, I mean, last week he only did the start of the game and then disappeared and didn't too much. Well, essentially all his points last week were the two intercepts, whereas yeah. this week I think Which he actually really early. had a bit of a work rate. Yeah. So we'll get to his points in a minute. But, yeah, I, th- I thought he played quite well. Georgie Bridge, just stock standard. They went short side, I think, called him Mwanga to Bridge in the corner. It was just a little bit too easy, that play now. So he's now got 15 tries for the season, equal with Big T to Kelly Nayaravoro. Who definitely can't get the record. That's right, he's done. <laughs> it's, although he broke the record, he's now not going to be yeah, the record right. holder. Uh, and that's because after, sorry, I'll get there, Havili scored a try as well off, a, off the back of a really good team try. And then late in the game, Braden Enor scored off a Richie Moe cross kick. That, that looked easy as well. It was too easy. <laughs> yeah, but he actually, Richie Moe's actually accurate with his cross kicks as opposed to uh, like Foley. a Foley, yeah, who just seems to, and Kirtley as well, just doesn't seem to get his length right. Yeah, and I, I think they they generally keep it just inside or outside that, that wing line, but the depth doesn't necessarily seem to be right a lot of the time as well. Um, yeah, it's a bit, bit disappointing. Um, yeah, but that was their four tries. The, the last one was right at the back end of that game. It was just a simple cut pass to Lamb, who I think had one defender to beat. And ended up, ended up running in that try. And there is our current try-scoring hero as well with 16 Done. tries for the yeah. season. So he knocked Big T out, and it's up to Bridge to try and hunt him down in the grand final. Yeah, it's going to be big. I don't know that it's that big of an ask for George Bridge to get two tries against the Lions in a grand final. Oh, it's a grand final. <laughs> to, to, to hope for a handful of tries. I mean, if he's scoring two, there's got to be a handful of other ones in the game. Like That is a relatively big <laughs> ask. But against the Lions, it can't be done. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, I think you don't hold your breath. Yeah. So I, you know, we, we talked about how good the defense was for these two teams and it was definitely the better of the two games. The Crusaders missed 24 tackles to the Hurricanes, 34, 18%, 21% for the, uh, the percentages from this game. So this was pretty bang on from, uh, just a, a really solid outing when neither team was given the other, the opposition much space. Yeah, and I mean, I think we talked about it last week. The set piece for the Crusaders is always going to be something hard to, to come up against. And, and they didn't lose a line and they didn't lose a scrum all game. They were 18 from 18. Yeah, their scrum always shocks me a little bit, considering the rotation they've had in their, their front row. I know this week they had their all-black front row. But they've been pretty solid all year, despite yeah. having maybe six different props they've used pretty consistently. It shows that, obviously... The techniques there, it's, it's its something that they go through a lot, obviously, at training. And if you've got the right technique and you've got the right structures in place there or how you're setting your scrums and what you're doing there, it seems like those guys are interchangeable when it comes into the scrum. And it, you see that the Reds as well. They've got a few sort of true. not very not very experienced JP guys. Smith yeah, but they just yeah. slot into that, that front row and it, the scrum never seems to, to go back from it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, not not normally something you associate with front rowers. That's all. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, the line breaks were were slightly the way of the Crusaders, or I mean 12, 12 line breaks to eight. Yes, yeah, so I guess it probably comes down to the extra ten missed tackles as well. So yeah. the Crusaders were able to make it, able to make a few scoring chances or a few more scoring chances from it, and yep. I think that was probably one of the big differences in this game, especially considering kicks, offloads, penalties. You know, a lot of those other 
things that will help control uh, control the field position or, or create line-breaking opportunities were, were quite even. Yep, yep. Um, we, we talked up the Crusaders' centre pairing before this game and saying that this could be a big battle with Nani Lamape looking to try and get it over the ad line. Uh, so I thought he was a good one to, to look into. He only got four runs, so it looks like the Hurricanes kind of read the fact that he wasn't going to have a big play in the game. I think 27 metres from his four runs. But yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago as well after he had that massive um, match. It was, it was last week against the Chiefs. Yeah. He, he really struggled as he well. Sh- he struggled. He didn't seem to go looking for the ball either as well. He, he seemed to be wandering behind the ruck or changing side when there's when he's on the blind side. So if they end up going blind, he's not there anymore. Like He just seemed to be in space like behind them all rather than running into the line. Well, you know, one of the things that we were talking about last week was where the Hurricanes points going to come from. And if they're not going to play hard through the centres as Nani Lamape is so, so good at doing, or if, if uh, you know, similarly to Natai and Anton Leonard-Brown, the Crusaders' centres are just so good indeed to shut it down, then we thought maybe the only way they could do it is through broken play or the little kicks in behind. And it kind of proved that way. Like They didn't really ask a lot of questions of the Crusaders' defence. It was high pace, good quality footy, but the Crusaders just didn't look too rattled or too like they were under the pump really at all yeah they only seemed to really get a bit of go for when they were hitting those wings and and sort of relying on blam and and julian sevilla to to beat a man or Hmm. or to make a bit of space through through that wing sort of channel which did just get he got burnt didn't he for one of those tries early on i can't remember which one that was it wasn't the Blam one. I thought I thought it was the first one. Maybe it was Maybe Se- it was Sevilla. Yeah, I just remember Bridge on the floor and I was shocked. Yeah, I don't remember it that well. I don't remember why. He definitely it went missed down. one. They went yeah. around the outside and he missed and I just didn't expect it. Yeah. Just never happens. You know, we talk up every week what a good defender yeah, no. is. That's why he did it. Yeah. <laughs> so your your fantasy man of the match, Niles, you want to run us through these ones? Yeah, I can. Just uh, give me a second. You throw me under the bus there. Fantasy <laughs> man of the match. I'm not a huge surprise, really. Richie Moanga. We were sort of highlighting him as the most influential player we thought that was going to be in this game. He he was solid all round, really, in the game. He, he's bagged himself a try. He had a try assist. Uh, he had some pretty good run meters. Uh, he just looked very dangerous at, at every opportunity. Yeah, he was awesome. I, I thought he really, really outplayed Bodie Barrett. Yep. Yeah, Miles above him. I, I can't see how you wouldn't be giving this man a chance to start 10 for the All Blacks. Because you're a year out from the World Cup. You've got to be giving him this chance, I think. This is, you get him in there as early as possible, whether it's he is coming off the bench and you're dropping Barrett to 15 at that point or whenever it is, but he's got to be there and he's got to be in the talk now. I understand the argument, but do you honestly think that will happen? I, I think he'll get some time over the rugby championship, but definitely more through the end of year tour. Mm. I don't think he'll get many as a start. Maybe he's looking at one or, or two in the end of season tour, but I can see him being on that, that bench. Yeah, I think the, the big thing is with New Zealand rugby, they, they're not going to rock the boat. They're not going to make a change just for the sake of making a change. Richie Moe's been in tremendous form for two years, but you've got to remember in the same time, Bowden Barrett's been the world player of the year for two years. Okay. Get them both on. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can. <laughs> as an Australian, I hope that doesn't happen. Oh God, no. <laughs> um, yeah. The, the I second... saw a, I saw a stat on Richie Mo this year that showed how much he ran the ball over the last three years. I think it was something like five. I averaged something like five runs a game in twenty sixteen. Yep. Six in twenty seventeen, and nine a game in twenty eighteen. So he's taking the line on a lot more, and that's probably where his fantasy scores and his stats are just racking up so many more points. Yep. He's. You know, he, I think they interviewed him after the game. He said he wasn't actually planning on running the ball that much, but the Hurricanes were just pushing up so hard in D that the holes kept opening up in those inside channels. So he just kind of played what's in front of him. Well, that's what you want, isn't it? Yeah. Um, then the second, the, the guy that followed up behind him was Julian Zavia, who, who you were saying had sort of his best year, best game of the year. He got, walked away at 65 points. Um, he bagged himself a try, eight runs for 67 metres, he had eight tackle busts and he had two line breaks, so he had a pretty solid outing. Yeah, really good from him. Another uh, another big performance I thought was quite solid was Riccatelli. He he bagged himself sixty four points, so that's really solid from from a hooker, um, especially when you, you assume marks to be so dominant. Um, but I mean, if you're still out there now and you're looking at a hooker marks. to pick up, 
marks is normally so dominant. Oh, over the rest of the hookers, you're saying? Yeah, gotcha. yeah. So it's it's such a solid performance from someone to try and close that gap in, in terms of a, a fantasy sense. For sure. So he made 16 tackles for the game as well, so I think that probably played a big part of that. Yeah, that's huge. Um, yeah, like other than that, some of the big scores were you had Benny Lamb, as we said, on 51. You had Havili on 56. Uh, Bridge himself as well scored 53. So quite a few solid performances. Reid, 45. Todd, 41. Um, a lot of solid performances in the Crusaders. I thought Milner Scudder was absent again. He hasn't just been able to find himself back into uh, his, his form back into a match. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, he's had the one or two opportunities at the back end of the year where he's looked like he wanted to split the line, but... He just hasn't seemed to back himself and, and go looking for it as much. No, he's, he's way out of form, and I think that probably Confidence. is an exclamation mark next to the fact that Blam wasn't picked. Yeah. Him, because I, I know they say like for yeah, like players true. and things, but he's in awful form, and Blam has got the most tries ever in a year by anyone. Yeah. And you're picking a guy that can't get his hands on the ball. Well, yeah, look... It, He's got to be lacking in confidence with some big injuries in the last few years. And you'd think being named in that all-black squad, even though he's not playing much, has got to give the bloke a bit of confidence. And it hasn't really seemed to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's, there's still something missing anyway. Yeah. Um, anything else from this one, really? I thought, you know, I, I think it's probably worth... I, I, I think you see score, but Havili, again, he, he had one of his better games, for sure. He's a guy that seems to be going missing a lot this year. And he... He's a bit of the forgotten man of the Crusaders' backline. Just doesn't have nearly the impact that the others do. I thought he played really well. Yep. Yep. Okay. Good. I was I was yawning after that, so I don't know what else you wanted out of it. <laughs> All right, Lions Waratahs. Then let's move straight on. So there were no injuries that I noticed. You didn't notice any as well in this match. I don't think so. Um, it was a six try to four try win for the Lions. They won forty four to twenty six. Yeah. They also booted a couple of penalties, which spread that score out a little bit. Um, two of the tries for the Lions came from just pure strength by Quago running the ball. He just swatted blokes off like like they were nothing. Um, some of them were just half-assed attempts by the looks of it as well. That first try he got, the Waratahs just didn't really seem to try to get him down. Like They were kind of just hanging on to him. That was about it. The Waratahs seemed to switch off for periods in games and teams can put a lot of points on them. Um, Quagga hasn't looked like that dominant runner all year. No that was much more of the game that he was trying to play in 2017. He had a bit of that form at the start of the year, but he didn't He didn't really maintain it, I don't think. Yeah, no, no, def- definitely not. Anyway, this was definitely his best game of the yeah. year, I think. Um, Malcolm Marks bagged himself two tries, but they were off the back of driving mauls, so they were solid team tries, you'd say, but... I mean, that's no surprise. That's what you think for the Lions. They, they get a lot of tries in that method, and it's normally Marks picking them up. Yeah, so interesting. This is going to be the Lions, who have scored more tries than anyone else from the Rolling Mall. I think something like 17 now, versus the Crusaders, who have the second most, but with only nine. Wow. But the two most dominant Rolling Mall tries. Wow, we. Yeah, that's a big difference. Um, <laughs> Can't believe you almost missed that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, Deanti's chip, like, I think we both disagreed with each other and how good that chip was. I thought it was For phenomenal. For me, he chipped, and then he went, oh, shit, it's nowhere near where the direction I'm running, and he changed 45 degrees. Ended up still picking the ball up because the Waratahs line was flat, and they didn't really turn. So he was coming through at pace. It was height. But it just didn't look like it went anywhere near he expected it, where he expected it to go. I thought that the Waratahs had something sweeping around to try and cover. So I actually thought that he kicked it towards the sideline because that's where the space was. He ran, bumped into someone, then looked up and changed his running direction. So it worked out to be very good. But yeah, I don't know. Agree to disagree with that one. Individual brilliance anyway. Yeah, definitely. He still scored and he, he looked good with his little, uh, what was it, Wolverine pose after the after the try, which yeah. we all love and we're mimicking <laughs> after a few drinks maybe. Um, the final try for them was a crossfield kick to Skozan. Anything yeah. to say on that? Uh, that was pretty... Pretty late. That was kind of the end of it. I think. I, I think the game was done. That was just the the um, cherry on top for them. I thought the Tars had kind of started the the game exceptionally well with their two tries in the first eight minutes and got us well and truly excited. But yeah, then the Lions just up. went get to work, and you could kind of tell that if 
the tar- the Lions got one back at that point. Yes. That the the margin was going to be nothing. You know, the Tars had to go on with it, and they just didn't do that. The Lions were very composed and kind of reeled them back in. Well, one thing we were talking about last week was the only way the Tars could be in this match is if they started well. They weren't going to be able to chase this game, so they needed to start well and, and sort of hold out a bit of a lead. They started well, and their intensity was right up there. Like, they really, really wanted this, but there were times that they faded away, and the Lions scored a couple tries too easily, and mm. then it sort of looked like the Tars dropped for a moment before boosting back up again, but it kind of it kind of slowed them up a little bit. Well, when you think of Dianche's little chip, you think of two rolling more tries. There's three Kimmy tries of 19 or 21 points. I can't remember who kicked them all. but He didn't. Nine, let's say nineteen gimme points straight away. Like you, you just can't concede that kind of that kind of score, especially when they win by eighteen. That's right. Well, there you go. There's the game. But um, Hannigan, I thought his try was was great. I think I think um, Holloway put that him was a, through yeah, space. A good sort of quick hands that that got out to him, and he had Naravora outside him. He went, no, nah, I'm not giving you the chance to break the record, and took it himself. <laughs> yeah. Break broke a few fantasy coaches' hearts. That one there, not mine. Not mine. Broke mine. <laughs> what a jerk. Um, then there was followed up by the cutout to Falea. Was that a, a Foley cutout? It was, wasn't it? Mm, I don't remember. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, how good was that line-out play that led to Robertson's try? Oh, that was so good. There's, there's line-out plays that, I mean, you, you see get recycled, different teams play. I've honestly never seen just popping it back to that the, the number it was, one. It was like line. they threw to that front man that doesn't jump, except for the fact that he just took a step out of the way and it went to the second man, which just created that, that little yeah. overlap in space. And he just literally fed the ball to uh, Robertson, who ran in and scored. Who showed a turn of pace. He did, and he beat a man. He, yeah. I think he technically had two tackle busts from that. Ross Cronier was one of them. Yeah, he beat a man, and then the last man got hands on him, but didn't didn't stop him, mm. and he got through it. So he had two tackle busts, 20 metres, and a try. That was that was gold for him. Yeah, absolutely. He, yeah, he walked away 37 points. Most of them came at that moment. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Legitimately. True. Yeah. Yeah, pretty, pretty crazy. Um, what was their last try? It was... Uh, the Gordon try. So Wells made a bit of a line break, gave the ball to Gordon, who oh, yeah. ended up finishing Threw it off. off. Yeah, yeah. By then, by then they're up against it, and it was yeah. a glimmer of hope before the the Lions just put their foot down. Yeah, you didn't. There wasn't a lot of hope, but it was uh, just enough to keep you a little bit interested. Yeah, uh, we we said on the way into this that both teams' tackle success was pretty atrocious. Yeah. Um, in this one, the Warriors, you know, we talked about the stats already from the, the last game, the Crusaders-Hurricanes, the two best defensive teams in the comp. This time, the Tars missed 32 of their 133, so they only made 68% of their tackles yeah. compared to the, the Crusaders, who I think were 82% of their tackles. Yeah, it's huge. And the Lions, really quite average as well. They missed 33 of their 139, so they missed. They only made 69% of the tackles. So when you think about the defensive capabilities of both sides, it was a very, very different game. Yeah, exactly. We, we thought it was going to be a big part of the game. Obviously, the stats looked very similar. Um, runs were similar, run meters were similar, offloads were similar, and so were the kick meters. The, the differences really came from something that we highlighted last week, the Waratahs. Let in and conceded 15 penalties compared to the Lions conceding seven. That's mm. huge. So the, Lions, uh, the Waratahs are the worst out of any team in Super Rugby for conceding penalties. Yeah. And, I mean, that's that's a lot of metres because the Lions persisted to kick out in a lot of those opportunities. They only took a couple kicks at goal. Yeah, they, they still were pretty ballsy all match. Yeah. Going for the line. That's and what I'm saying. That's, it paid off. But that's what I'm saying. They were, they were kicking for the line. And if you're losing 20, 30 metres on a penalty and you give away 15 penalties, that's huge. That's a lot of metres you're going to make up. I, you'd have to think that, you know, the things that we were talking about last week, the ruck and malls, the penalties, and then the fact that Lions are going to go to rolling malls is going to be how the Waratahs were expecting them to play at them. But they didn't really seem to have an answer. I know the Tars didn't jump up for a lot of those defensive lineouts to try and stop the rolling mall, but the Lions just had a way of... Once the first contact was stopped, they would just kind of roll around it, and they managed to get the ball they, rolling they could, pretty um, quickly. Yeah, they they could adjust that very well, and that's that's the difference between a solid driving mall and a a, a really bloody good one. Hmm. The fact that if they're halted, they can sh- uh, shatter and go off to the side and keep it moving forward without being told to use it, because that's that's what they did. It seemed like it was slowing up, but then they somehow twisted it and kept on moving. Yeah. Um, 
you were sort of highlighting that the rough success was a, a bit of something we were highlighting from the Lions being so big. They had 96% compared to the Waratahs, 88 Yeah, which so, is just a huge difference it when is you a think huge of how many rucks there are in a game. Yeah, a, a massive amount. Um, going yeah. into this match as well, yeah. who, who had the worst uh, rate of, of penalties and, and line-outs? Sorry, yellow cards. Yellow cards was easily the Waratahs. The Lions only had one for the year. And who was the only team to get a yellow this week? The Waratahs. Yes. <laughs> and look, I, I thought, in my eyes, I thought it was a little bit rough. The the halfback, Bronya, clearly looked for the man running through and threw it to him. It wasn't like it was a, a line break uh, attempt or something like that or a clear gap. He just threw the ball directly into the player. The only difference to that and what Phipps did earlier on in the match was Phipps did it to a bloke that was behind the ruck, not running through. Yeah. Both of them were in the wrong side of the field. One was making an attempt to get back, one wasn't. Yeah. But they were both seeked out by the halfback. Yeah, I agree. But look, I thought it was a fair enough yellow card. In the end, it's up to that Waratahs player to make sure he's not getting in the way. The lines, the pass from Kanye still probably would have hit his man, to be honest with you. I don't think so. It's it dead like... flat. I don't think it was. It wasn't looking like it was actually going there's, for a man. There's plenty of harsher calls this year, put it that way. Oh, yeah. Look, I mean, you've got to, got to take what, what sort of happens, and they didn't really roll with it. They sort of let it go a little bit at that point because it was really close. Mm. But, I mean, that's what the Tars have done all year. They find a way to get a yellow card. One thing that I did find frustrating was the in on the rucks, there was definitely a few where, you know, and they talked about it before kickoff as well, a lot of the commentators, Mark's just... As good as he is at the ruck, he does oh. not support his own body weight. He's he was, always leading his chest over the player. His hands were on the ground every steal he had, and they, they didn't call him once for it. Mind you, he wasn't the only one in the lines doing it. Every single steal they basically had, someone going to ground with their hands, mm. which you can't do, and then grabbing the ball. Yeah, the new laws is that as soon as your hands have touched the floor, yeah. you're no longer Pro- able to have a go. Uh, Mark's also got a steal when there were three men in the ruck and he was the fourth person entering it. Hmm. So in the new laws, if one other person's there, it's a ruck and you can't go for the ball. Yeah, look, I, I think the perception of how dominant he is is the ruck has earned him the right to have a go there. But it is frustrating when it's a big game and yeah. you just kind of, every single call will go his Go his way, excuse me. Yeah, it's the McCaw effect. Because you're seen as so good, yeah. you sort of get a little bit more leniency there, which you earn. For yeah, sure, I was going to say, by no means are we not saying he's Yeah, so no, he you, is you earn it, but it's just a bit frustrating when you're watching it and, and mm. it goes their way. So fantasy man of the match for this one, anyway, was Quagga Smith with his two tries. He had 88 points. That's huge. Was an absolute monster. Scored, ran 119 run metres with 10 tackle busts from only eight runs. Yeah, that is Three nice. line breaks as well to top that off. So that's just absolutely absurd. Uh, you also then had Malcolm Marks, obviously, with a double on 63 points as well. And then Michael Wells, who scored very well as well. So 52 points for him coming back from that head knock last week. Yeah. We were all wondering if he was going to be fit to play. Well, he was good. He had a try assist, a line break. He had two line break assists and four tackle busts. So he played a little bit of distributor there as, a, as that Lucy. It was a little bit more loose and, and giving the ball off as well, which was, was pretty good from him. There's been a lot of uh, a lot of talk about the, the thing that the Waratahs missed was some big bodies, but I don't, I don't know if it was. I don't think the advantage line or anything like that was the big issue for them. I think it was more just, to be honest with you, the ruck and maul. If those loose forwards who are mobile for the Tars can get over the ball and actually clean the ruck out, I don't think it would be such a big problem. Yeah, I agree, but there's a difference between a big body entering a mall as, or entering a ruck and entering a mall at pace than it is one of the smaller blokes trying to secure a ball. Like, your first man usually will blow over and then the second guy will go and, and secure the ball. We don't have that big first man blowing a ruck out. Mm. So if they're there and, and putting pressure on, yes, we can have a small guy getting there quickly, but if he's not there first, he's less likely to he's blow that, effective that out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, other scorers for this one, Izzy Flower, 45 points. And then in fifth place, huge the absolute super sub, Manas Skuman. Yeah, so he... Uh, 41 points as well. Coming off the bench, he, he made six runs for 40, 48 metres and six tackle busts. He also got two offloads. So, that's huge from a bloke. How many minutes, roughly, did he get? I think it was... 28 minutes. In, yeah, 28 minutes. So, that's pretty pretty nuts. Definitely. He's, a, he's another little machine, and, and what a man to bring on when you're subbing for someone like Quagga or, or even Erasmus or anyone like that. Like he's just his work rate's intense. He lifts the team every time he comes on the park. Speaking about someone who's disappointing, Erasmus. 
Yeah, we both thought that he was going to actually put in a pretty decent stint because for his starts, he has been pretty effective, but he was nowhere. Yeah, he really just seemed like he was lost and he didn't know he wasn't getting involved. Yeah. Um, made one tackle on four carries, so there you go. That's his work rate for his 50-odd minutes. Huge. <laughs> um, what else from this one, Nelson? Anything else? Oh, not, not too much. I think there was it was a bit of a disappointment from the likes of Beal, Foley, Naravoro, the guys that are the big players other than maybe for Lau, for the Tars. They didn't really stand up and, and take those opportunities to to score, to, to sort of set up the, those tries and do things that we normally expect of them. You know what did stand up for me? Nick Phipps was back to his atrocious self. He again. was poo. He's so bad. Yeah. I was I was calling for Gordon to get on before the end of the first half. Yeah, That's so was how I. bad Phipps was. 30, 30 minutes in, it kind of looked like his night was done. He was playing very, very badly. You know, I, I think we've tried to be fair, and when he's played well this year, we've tried to give him credit for it, but he was... He just has these performances in him where he just goes missing and everything he touches turns yeah. to, turns to dust. So he's just average. That's the, the second occasion out of maybe three attempts at the Tars that he has really, really had a negative role on the Waratahs losing a semi-final. I guess the thing is, from your halfback, if they have a, qu- a quiet game, you expect them to at least get the ball out quickly yeah. and just not have an impact. He has a very negative impact when he plays well yeah. badly. Yeah, I, I totally agree. He, he Generally, if he's playing well... He's running the ball, diving, doing a few little things, creating gaps from there. His passing's not necessarily 100%. So that's, that's something that if he's, you take away the good parts of his game, he really can just deteriorate there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, anyway, that, that was about, it. about it from that one. So we'll move on. We'll get to the, uh, the big dance, the main course. Yep. Crusaders versus the Lions. So Australian Eastern Standard Time, they play 5.35pm on Saturday. I think it's 7.30 in New Zealand, and it's about 6am or something in South Africa. I may have made that up. Yep, I think you made that up. <laughs> I have no clue what it time is, it, the time is over there, but it's a it's a rematch from last year's grand final, but you've swapped the home ground. And, I mean, that's that's a big difference. Yeah, I thought the Lions were deserved favourites going in last year. And, yeah. and obviously, the risk or the thing that's going to be interesting is, is Quagga Smith going to have that 12, that game from 12 months ago on his, in his mind? Yeah, he had that red card from tackling the man in the air in the 38th minute. And they ended up going down by eight points, and they scored more points without him. Mm. They, oh, they, they played very, very well, but you just don't win a game with a first no. half red card. No, definitely not. So it'll be interesting to see if he is able to kind of break the shackles and, and really have a go, or if he looks like he's a little bit tentative because of that. Do you know something I, I read today that I thought was quite interesting? The Lions, um, I think it was, I don't know if it was one of the reporters around there or if it was someone that was actually on their books, one of their staff members. He came out saying that they need to fix the grand final and, and have a solution so you're not having the Lions flying all the way over to New Zealand or vice versa. I don't know what you're doing there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, flying such a long distance, being in different time zones and, and really favouring one side. But mind you, that's what you get if you're finishing top of the conference, top top of the comp. But you didn't hear them saying it last year. You didn't hear them saying it a week or two ago when they had the, the home quarterfinal. I, I think the bigger issue at the moment as well, though, is the conference system as it is. I agree. Makes that a bigger issue because it means that either South Africa or Australia has to be the other team. But the interesting so thing... So there's about a 50-50 yeah, chance I, that a team's going to have to fly over there. I totally agree. What I'm saying is the Lions were the ones who complained about it. They weren't complaining about two weeks ago when they got a home quarter about it. They weren't complaining last week when they got a home semi about it. No, but they're complaining this week when they're having to travel. Yeah, it's still a valid point. I don't. I, that doesn't bother me. It's a very valid point. But if the reality is, if they didn't have their automatic second and third qualification for topping your conference, the Hurricanes would have been second. The grand final would most likely have been the Crusaders versus Hurricanes, and they would have been on even, even peggings. Yeah, I totally agree. So, what I'm saying is just massively biased by the Lions. Uh, it wasn't an issue last year or, or yeah, any but you time know, you're not com- You can't find everything to complain about at every point. I don't know. I, they can. I know, I know what you're saying. <laughs> that was my point. What, complain about your unfair advantage. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so people that are, are going to be returning for this, we're, Kyle Brink was, was almost back last week. He had a stinger. Um, but we're assuming he's going to be back this week, or is he cleared? 
Uh, I'm, I'm not positive just yet, but I know that he was very close to playing this week. So we're ex- expecting, especially with the former Rasmus, they'll be pretty keen to get Brink back in there. We're still expecting Malielli to be missing. Is that our assumption? Because there's not too much news out there. Yeah, exactly. They never said how bad it was. So yeah. I, I think it's probably just a few week injury. He's not going to be back, but who knows? Maybe he's a guy that could come back into the squad. Yep. In terms of other other changes to the lineups, what are, what are you seeing? So the Crusaders have obviously got a number of injuries from this first game, so it, there could be a lot of changes in their lineup for this match. Yep. Uh, in the starters, Ryan Crotty, obviously with his concussion, my expectation would be that probably Tim Bateman would just come straight in at twelve. That's what they've done throughout the year. Yep. Um, also, as we said, you know there is no reserve hooker, so I'm not sure who would play that role. I don't believe they've got anyone else floating around that would have been con- training with them consistently. No, no one I've ever heard of. Um, Tafu is obviously gone. So, I, you know, wait and see if they decide to use Samu or Bedwell Curtis. I think for the first half of the year, it's clearly Samu. Second yeah. half of the year, it's clearly Bedwell Curtis. And then maybe for the last game or two, Samu seems to be the bloke that stepped up again. But it could go either way. If they like the work rate of Bedwell Curtis, they could still choose to slide him in there yeah. and then have Samu off the bench. Yeah, and I agree. Then, the last one would be Mikey Ala Alatoa. So if he doesn't recover from that back injury, which I I think is unlikely, I think he'll be right. But uh, I, I know Ali Yaga, who uh, started the start of the year uh, yep. behind him, who has a shoulder injury, shoulder reconstruction, means that Donald Brighouse yep. is probably going to get the run. He'll get the runs. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, moving right along. So, That's what normally happens when South Africa versus, versus New Zealand in a grand final. I'd have the runs if I was versus the Crusaders. <laughs> um, yeah, terrible. Um, yeah, so the Crusaders have now won 20 home finals in a row. So that's a pretty big stat. That's not just, not just in a row. That's all 20 yeah. ever. <laughs> and they haven't lost for two years at home. Yeah, it's a pretty daunting task flying from New Zealand to, to from South Africa to go face them. Yeah. But you know, I, I guess one of the big areas that they they actually have an opportunity is around again that ruck and maul. I think the Crusaders will be a little bit better around their defensive line out and their ability to counter the rolling maul, yep. which will be a huge issue for the Lions. But if uh, you know the the sorry the Lions are the most disciplined team going around they have only had one yellow card if they can exert pressure for long periods of time the Crusaders have been known to give away penalties in their red zone to try and stop tries from happening so that might be where the opportunity is for them yep but it's going to have to be long periods of pressure yeah definitely Um, in terms of the teams last year I thought it'd be interesting to see the, the differences um, so obviously you've mentioned Taufua. Um We're not sure what's going to be the go with Crotty. Um, but other than that, yeah, so Samu's replacing Taufua. Dag's being reta- replaced by Bridge. That's pretty much the only differences. Uh, for the Lions, they have four forward changes. Ferreira, uh, we've, we said it was out pretty much because of his form and he's been replaced by Ori. Yaka uh, Creel has been out the entire year. He's been... We think Brink's going to be back and replacing him. Ackerman's out and Whiteley's in. This is compared to last year. And there's only one change in the backs with DeAnti probably going to start again over Skozan on the bench. And obviously last year, Whiteley would have started if he was yeah. fit, but obviously missed all the finals with his own injury then as so well. So a good chunk of, of both teams were in this position last year. You're going to have a lot of Lions players that are still upset, still hurting from that. So, I mean, there's, there's no doubt that they're going to be motivated for this. Is not going to be lacking in that in that sort of category. Yeah, 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 definitely not. I think the uh, the Lions have got it all to play for, and I think they'll probably get a lot of confidence out of how they played in that second half of the grand final last year down the man as well. Yep. So so Marks and Quagger at the ruck, uh, that's that's the Lions' opportunity to me. It has to be. Yeah. Right. So the question is then, do the Crusaders have the guns to try and stop them? I think. We don't really know the difference that Kieran Reid makes because he hasn't spent the time in the park this year. But I think he's probably one that controls the ball very, very well for them. You're talking yep. about big bodies that can can turn a ruck. He's one. Sam Whitelock's yeah. another. Scott yeah. Barrett's another one that is just very, very effective in that area. Yep, definitely. 
So I think they're the guys that are probably a chance at uh, at slowing them down. I know in terms of uh, penalties conceded, the Lions uh, have the third best record with 8.8 and the Crusaders are almost dead even in sixth place, but with only nine penalties a game. So realistically, both teams are very good at holding the ball and stopping themselves from giving undisciplined kind of errors and easy meters up the field. So I think the Lions are going to find it a little bit harder this week than what they did against the Waratahs last week. Yep. Uh, I looked up the turnovers and rucking more penalties per game on Fox Sports before this pod, and sometimes the stats can be a little bit questionable. So you tell, bit. you tell me what you think. This year, apparently, turnovers for the year, the Lions have made 1,752 mm. from their 20 games. That would be 87.6 turnovers per game, Nelson. I think that sounds about right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Considering the Waratahs only had about 100 runs, that means they turn the ball over every single play, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I can see it. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know that they're... Some plays they turn it over twice. (laughs) <laughs> That's true. That is true. Sometimes Marks gives it back to them and then yeah. does it again. Yeah. Anyway, so I thought that was a bit dodgy. So I, I decided Ultimate Rugby was maybe the more uh, reliable source. In this case, the app decided to work for once. Yeah. Uh, the Lions turnover per game, they make nine and the Crusaders seven. So again, they're very even around their penalties conceded ability to turn over the ball, maybe a slight edge to the Lions. Definitely not a big one. So I think you're going to see Skuman probably come on early. Uh, probably for Rasmus or Brink to try and help beef that up and try and keep the pace of the ball up and, and dominate that ruck ball. Yep. I think uh, Marks and Quagga are going to be told just to have an absolute dig at every single ruck. They don't seem to get pinged too often, so why not? And Whiteley, I think, is probably going to have to work ultra hard around there as well. Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, no surprise, the class of Hall and Moanga in that 9 and 10 jersey, we think they'll be massively influential for the Crusaders. In the semi-final, Moanga bagged his own try, and the, the pair of them set up three. Last week, Hall scored one, set up one. So, I mean, not only setting others up, they're scoring them themselves. They're big threats. I mean, in the opposite jerseys, both Cronia and Yantes miss about thir- a third of their tackles. Mm. So they're going to be wanting to take that ball forward. They're going to be looking to, to dart and, and suck some of those players in because that midfield also is in a great defensive uh, area for the Lions. So if they're dragging people in, there's going to be channels open there. They, and gaps they open missed there. a lot of tackles around that ruck. You know, I, I think we said last week that Mostert and Quagga, as many tackles as they make, they miss a lot as well. Yeah. So there should be some space around the edges for your Kieran Reeds and your, ta- and your Pete Samus and that kind of thing as well. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think Bryn Hall's probably been the most improved player for the Crusaders this year, don't you? He's been really solid. Um, I know he's had a fair bit of time last year and, and throughout this year, but he just seems to be growing more and more into that role, not only as a distributor, which he's always had a good pass. He's seeming more confident to, to take things into his own hands and, and take those chances. Yeah, absolutely. He's attacking the line a lot more. Yeah. And he's probably reading the game a little better as well. And, you know, a quick shout-out as well to Mitch Drummond as well, yeah. who has been excellent off the bench every single week. So I think maybe that pressure of... Paul just knowing that if he drops his game a little bit, Drummond's going to slide into that number nine jersey very, very quickly. It's probably uh, pushing him a little bit as well. So they're both playing very well. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to us, especially in the last sort of couple of weeks, we'll, we'll sound a bit like a broken record, but that, that Crusaders centre pairing, as it was shown last week against the Hurricanes, is just so solid in defence, mm. uh, as well as them going to be... a. The, the line's going to be a, a quite poor defensive centre pairing. I mean, that looks like it's going to be somewhere there's going to be a lot of points for the Crusaders, I we, think. we keep saying centre pairing, but it's more Mapu, Mapui. Mapu. Uh, Vorsta is a lot more solid than yeah. Mapui, and Yanchez yeah. is also quite weak as well. But I, I don't think it's the entire team. So, I, you know, I know Vorsta's I mean, probably more solid and Yanchez probably more solid as well. So. If you're 9, 10, 13 is poor defensively and all you've got is a 12 there that's a pretty open channel for for people to run through yeah look it's it's definitely it's definitely a lot weaker than the crusaders anyway yeah no doubt um, I think maybe one of the other matchups where I could see the lions having a bit of an edge as well is the uh, Gianche versus Tamanavalu matchup yeah. um Tamanavalu not the worst tackle percentage at 79%, but he's a bigger body, whereas Giancci is really, really quick off the really mark mobile. and just has that little bit of X factor as well. I think if they can get the ball out to him, whether it be with a cross-field kick or 
just a, a yarn chest, quick kind of bit of space or something like if, that. If yeah, there's a bit of space for them. There could be a bit of an yeah. opportunity there, <clears throat> but I'm not sure where else there might be an opportunity. To be honest with you, I, I don't know. I think the one of the things that the Lions are going to have to do if they win this game, they're going to have to work out what else they can do from a penalty. If they get good attacking penalties, the rolling ball's not going to be the go-to this week. I'm sure they'll try it, but the Crusaders' defensive rolling uh, defensive malls are awesome. Yeah, they're definitely awesome. Look, they're both solid set-piece teams and those line-outs and the scrums, and it will be interesting to see when that's such a dominant thing for the Lions. If you take that away, what's going to happen? So, I mean, the Lions normally, they have a 91% success rate in the scrums compared to the Crusaders are a 93, and the Lions have a 91% success rate at line-outs, while the Crusaders have 86. So they're both really quite solid there. Obviously, the scrums are a little bit more so for the Crusaders, the Lions are a little bit more so for the Lions, but if that's your big strength, and the other team is very good at it, you're going to have to find another way through. Yeah, that's right. And I, I think the other thing that we, we haven't mentioned about that rolling mall defence is that they also have Sam Whitelock, who's arguably the best yeah. defensive line-out player in the world yeah. and has been for a long, long time. He gets so many steals and just gets up in front of the ball so easily, so often. They don't mind jumping him on the five-metre zone as well to try and make sure that he can actually pinch a few. Yeah, exactly. Give them the shot to, to steal it rather than just give them the opportunity to drive. So, Nelson, I'll put you on the spot. How can the Lions win this game? Luck. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I mean, they've got to, as we sort of have alluded to throughout this sort of podcast, they've got to keep that pressure on and, and sort of put the pressure into that forward pack, I suppose, around the rucks and moors and, and try to get some penalties around it, whether it's the Crusaders fighting for the ball close to their own line, things like that. They've got to keep that pressure on so mm. that they get those chances for penalties. They do plug the corners and, and try to take those opportunities. If you're giving them, even against a good defensive um, line-out team or, or, as we sort of said, for the driving mall, if you're plugging those corners on a number of opportunities, you're still going to get one or two tries through that match if you're plugging those corners all the time. They'll have to take their kicks. They haven't done a lot of it this year. They have, in the last few weeks, taken it at, I think, the right time. They're still trying to go for tries early. They're still trying to get get ahead in that sort of way. Um, but it's going to come to, if the Crusaders don't give them penalties, I can't see it happening. I agree with you. I, I think they're going to have to be very, very patient and control territory. I'm not sure how they do that against Richie Moanga's kicking game, who has just a mammoth boot. Andreas Coetzier obviously has a very good kick on him, so I think he's probably going to have to kick a lot more ball away than he normally does. Um, and Combrink as well has got a pretty solid boot. So I think those two are going to have a big part to play. And I think the other part that we haven't mentioned yet is that the Lions are going to have to defend their asses off. They're going to yeah, have definitely. to defend significantly better than they have for the rest of the year. Yeah, it, it's going to be... I mean, Yanties is going to have, have to have a really big, solid game, especially with his kicks. So you're st- sort of talking about if they're going to have good field position, he's going to have to kick the ball, and it's going to have to bounce and go out. You can't have the likes of Havili, uh, Bridge, Moanga, all those sort of guys, good Hugh, running the ball back at you again and again throughout a match. Mm. So they're going to have to be pinpoint with his kicks. He's going to have to take the right choices. Maybe those cross-field kicks, he'll, he'll give a crack once or twice, but... It's going to be tough to, to find those holes, but if he's brilliant at the kick, then maybe they've got opportunity. Yep. Yep. So basically, we're saying it's be not very God. likely. Yeah. <laughs> be, do the best you've ever done in your entire lives, every single player on the paddock, and you've got a shot. Okay. So, so I guess to, to answer the final question then, the Crusaders by how many? I wouldn't be surprised if it's from everything we're talking about, be a couple scores. So maybe it's two tries and a penalty have gone the way of of the um, Lions. So maybe it's 12 points. Maybe it's somewhere around that, give or take. Somewhere between that 9 to 15 channel, but I'll, I'll stick with 12 quite happily. I, I'm going to go a little bit more. I think that the, the Crusaders seem to blow everyone away in the last 10 or 20 minutes. I don't think the Lions have the same fitness as teams like the Hurricanes, think, who they just managed to blow out. Look, I think the Lions are really quite a fit team, and I, I think they did show it on the weekend, where things are breaking away from them. They're defending quite hard early on, but they've still been able to stay in the game and still apply pressure in those dying minutes as well. Yeah, but I think that is also a very good matchup for them based on all the things we said about the weaknesses and the strengths of both teams, where I think the two main opportunities the Lions have around ruck and line-out, 
are probably two of the Crusaders' stronger stronger areas. So I can't see the Lions scoring many points. I think that's their main yeah. issue in this game. I think most likely what's going to happen is the Crusaders are going to score 35 or 40 points. Yeah. And, and similarly to the weekend, the Lions are going to be lucky to score 12 or 14. Yeah, there's no way they can score that many points against them. So like you said, I think the, the only way that doesn't happen is if they really accumulate points all the way through the match. And I don't see it happening, to be honest. No. Nelson, do we have... You're, you're about to play our favourite song. Well, look, I've got it here. Why don't we just give it a crack? What, right, what comes what after? Yeah, what comes after the main course, Harry? Uh, wine. 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 <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's creative. Wow. Yeah, we prepared that earlier. Yep, you can tell. Sure. So um, do we have a dessert, Harry? Look, the, the only thing we can do is go through the, the matchups again like we have for the last couple of weeks and say where the biggest opportunities are that we see. Yep. Uh, look, the, to, to me, I guess I'm going to look at players like Goodhue and Crotty against your Mapo's Yanchez. Yep. I think that's a big one. I think Dianchez probably the underrated outside back, as we said, against Sedata Manavalu. Yeah, look, I see Reed as well being probably my top Lucy. He, I know he hasn't played a lot of footy this year, but his last sort of few games, he's looked really, really solid. He's really experienced in finals, and he's just such an influential player. Um, the only person that I think could come close or, or is likely to come close from the Lions would be Quagga, but I just can't see him doing that again against such a, a solid defensive team. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think chances are Kieran Reid's a shoe-in just because his work rate and his ability to get over the ad line is just way too good. Um, Mostert, I think, is going to probably struggle to have the same impact he has in the past. I just don't I just don't see the points in there for him, and I don't see him running with the ball at all. And I, I think you'll find that Sam Whitelock and Barrett will probably be pretty quiet as well. So I think the locks will probably be quiet across the board. I just don't see... The opportunities for them against yeah. any of the matchups. Maybe you're looking at mid twenties, things along those lines. Yeah. But I wouldn't be expecting anything huge out of any of them. Yeah. Again, you know the Lions props have gotten a lot of points in the past from being really, really dominant at scrum time. I don't know that that's going to happen again. So I think it'll just be tackle points, which Van Ruin and Andrea have been pretty good with. And uh, I, I think if you're looking at fantasy scores, the Crusaders props just suck. Yeah. So who do you think is going to be the biggest flop? Flop of the week is going to be. Quagga Smith. Nice. I like it. They've got no hope then. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all you got for us? Have you got another flop? I don't know if I do. I mean, that's quite an exciting one. Erasmus is going to be a flop, but I don't think that, like, that's a huge surprise. Well, I think Brinkle start. I think Brinkle start. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Look, I think maybe maybe we'll be surprised at how shit Kronia was. <laughs> yeah. I think Hall could be quite solid. Um, in terms of what we're talking, not solid in, in terms of 60 points, solid yeah. in terms of not a bad matchup there against Cronier because we're not looking against every halfback in, in Super Rugby. Maybe we'll look to him to get that mid-20, higher 20 sort of points compared to maybe Cronier's not going to reach 20. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. That's probably it. <laughs> <laughs> Good, so that's all we've got. So I guess there's only one way that we can end such an exciting week, and that's with a very exciting, exciting song. Wow. William Warua, can you just take us out, please? Smooth. Wowee!